You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joshua Opadia of Every Nation Sydney opens our Mission Possible series by reminding us that missions is a call to all God's children. Wow, thank you, Pastor Joe. Uh, I think it's, it's really great what you guys are doing here, you know. We just had a fantastic time of worship, and then we went out there, and I tell you, my tummy is full. <laughs> I pray I'll be able to, you know, preach without falling asleep on the pulpit. It's a great experience. I enjoy the time of community, the time of fellowship, and really been blessed. I've been here now. This is our third day. We had a, a time with some of the key leaders on Thursday. It was a good time to get to meet the people that God is raising up right here in this place. I bring uh, greetings from Sydney, Australia. We apologize. I thought I was going to come with a, with a cup here, you know, with the Canberra Raiders. But uh, don't, don't worry, next time. You know, we are believers. We always believe it's going to happen next time. Quickly, let me introduce to you my family that's my lovely wife is here with me. Yinke, can you wave? I always say it's a good thing to have a good-looking, beautiful wife serving, passionate, along with you, serving God. Amen. You know, she's not just beautiful. She's a firebrand. She's a powerhouse. And I believe those of you who were there on Thursday, you'll agree with me that God is uh, deposited some, some great treasury in her life. Uh, hopefully next time, when we have the opportunity of coming again, she, uh, she, might, uh, she, might, she might be able to do that. And uh, my daughter, my son, you can see them there, they're all good looking too, like their mom. I'm the only one that is trying to catch up with them. And hopefully I can catch up with them. So that's our family in short, we're just four of us. It's a great you know, family, we thank God for his faithfulness in our lives. I want to say a big thank you to Pastor Joe and Bing and the amazing team. We've been in Sunday Canberra on Thursday. Yesterday also we had dinner. They have been treating us well. We met them maybe probably about four years ago, three or four years ago. I know we were in their house uh, with their small connect group. And to see how a small connect group has grown into uh, amazing people like I'm seeing here. The scripture says, despise not the days of little beginning. And I believe that this is just the beginning for them. I believe this is just the beginning for you as a church. You'll keep going from strength to strength, from glory to glory, great increase, great impact in the city of Canberra. This city will never remain the same again. So thank you for having us. We've been blessed. We really enjoy our time here. Also want to say a big welcome to our friends, Brother Dan and Sister Natty. They've been our friends. You know, I put a post on the Facebook after we met with them yesterday. They were, I would say, founding members of our church in Sydney, Australia, when they were there, uh, before they moved down to Canberra. And I can't forget all their love and their support 
even up till now. It's been quite some time that we have not seen them, but it's always fresh. All the time we get to meet them, it's like we have never been apart for too long. I want to read from Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. You know, God is not a God of coincidence. You know, yesterday I was with your pastor, and he was asking me, what are you going to preach today? I gave him a scripture and the direction I was going to go today. And when, after we've had dinner and I got back home, and as I was preparing, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit changed the message. I wasn't really very sure of why, but somehow my message changed from what I was going to deliver to now. And when I came this morning, I told him, I said, Pastor, you know, the message has changed. He said, uh, he, he saw it. And he was really excited because he told me it connects to the series that you guys are going to begin. And he says, why not begin that series today on Mission Impossible? Isn't God amazing? How many of you believe that there is no coincidence with the things of God? Amen. Everything has been divinely ordained and appointed. And I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 1. I'll read verses 26 to 28. And in 26, then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you because we are not, uh, uh, we didn't come as a result of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> we didn't come as a result of evolution. You thoughtfully made us. You created us and fashioned us after your image. We were uh, some, you, you had us in your mind. We were not accident. And you placed us here for a mission. Lord, I thank you even as we go into your word today. Let eyes be opened. Let us have an understanding, a deeper meaning of why we're here. So that at the end of it all, we can say that we accomplished that which God created us for. Thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, take absolute control and speak to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today I want to speak about living for God's mission. Everybody say living for God's mission. That's who we are. That's what we do. We live for God's mission. See, God is a God of mission. 
God created us for a mission. And his heart is that we live for his mission. Now, what is mission? Mission is an important task, an assignment, job given to a person or a group of people. That is what mission is. In verse 28, God outlines his mission for creating mankind. You know, if an organization is going to start, if a business is going to start, if you have a vision, it's always good to have a mission statement. And your mission statement is put out right up front before you actually begin the business. So it's very clear where you are going. It's very clear what you want to accomplish. The same thing when God created. The first thing he did before even he created man was to put out a mission statement. And that mission statement is found in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. That was God's mission statement. So, so that there won't be any confusion why you exist. There won't be any confusion why we are created. There won't be any confusion where we, are, where we are right now as a people. The same thing we also know that before Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, after he had been crucified, he came and appeared you know, to his disciples, he also gave a mission statement. You know, we always say this in every nation. In Matthew chapter 28, how many of you remember the scripture? It says, all authority has been given to him now. It says, now we go and make disciples, is that not so? Of all nations. That's the mission statement that Jesus gave to us, to go and make disciples. Everybody said to go and make disciples. Say it again. Say to go and make disciples. Amen. Now, a mission, how do I get back to this? A mission statement defines what something is, why it exists, and its reason for being. So that's what a mission statement is. Here we read, we go and make disciples of all nations. That is what it is to have a mission. And we see here in Genesis chapter, uh, in, in verse 28, we see that it says clearly what the mission statement is. Now, let me read it to you. And in verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful. Everybody say, Be fruitful. And multiply. Say, Multiply. And fill the earth. Say, Fill the earth. And subdue it, say subdue it, and have dominion, say have dominion. Here we find the mission statement. It is the hard desire of God for every creation of his. There is a task, there is an assignment, there is a job for you to fulfill. How many of you know there is a task for you? Now, the task for you to fulfill is not just 
you know, to fill the space or to do all the normal things, good things that we are meant to do on this earth, there is a special task and assignment that God has for you. And like I said, we also have that in Matthew chapter uh, 28. You know, when we got to Australia uh, about 20 years ago, we had so many things that we could do. In fact, there were things that actually came and confront opportunities that I could embrace that came and confronted me. But God reminded me always, all the time, whether when I come to church, there's a prophetic word, or somebody comes and from nowhere and spoke into my life and reminded me of my mission in Australia. And every time I'm reminded, it connects to what God has already spoken to my heart. And I start to realize, well, there's a reason for me here. You know, I might have done all the other things I've done in life, gone to university, do all your studies, thought, oh, Australia is a good land, you know? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. I can get some great dollars here. I can do something great, you know, for myself. But somehow, every time, there will always be somebody, there will always be a prophetic word, there will always be a voice that will remind me that my mission here has been defined. That my mission here is very clear. And every time, I'm always saying, Lord, thank you, Father, for reminding me. There is a mission for everyone the mission of God is not a suggestion, it's not an idea, it's not a, you know, uh, could you, maybe an advice or, you know, I mean, uh, could you just do this? I mean, no, no. The mission of God for you is God's defined purpose for your life wherever you are. So it's not like a suggestion. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, it's a command. You know, we call it Great Commission, but it's also a command. Say, go. Everybody say, go. That's what it is. It's a command to go and do what? And make disciples. Amen. So we know that God has a mission for us. Every nation, God has a mission for us in Canberra. God has a mission for us in Australia. God has a mission for you sitting here in this church, for this city, and for this nation. You are not just sitting here because you are good looking. You are all good looking. <laughs> but you are sitting here because God has a plan for your life. God's got a mission for you. Say, God's got a mission for me. And if God has a mission for you, he believes you carry everything within you to accomplish that mission. God will not ask you to do something that you have not been created and positioned for. How many of you agree with me that you, you feel you carry something that is more than what you are actually working in right now? You feel it. You feel that there's something more that you are created for. There's something more that you are called for. How many of you feel that in this room? Don't be ashamed. Put up your hand. 
That is because God has placed those things in you. And today, God is going to call it out. God is going to call you into that mission. He's going to call you into that purpose. He's going to call you into the destiny that he has for your life. Because I believe before God commissioned you, before God called you, before God asked you to do what he's called you to do, he knew that you have everything that it takes to do it. And the same thing is true today. But there's some, there was something God did after he created man. The scripture says he blessed them. You see, he prayed for them. He called out those things that were in them. The things that they never knew that is in them, God called it out. My prayer is that God is going to call out those things that are not as though they were in you today in Jesus' mighty name. Let me hear a big amen. amen. Okay, wow, you guys are, it's good. Thank, thank you, Pastor Joe, for feeding us so that we can respond this. That's it. God is going to call it out from you. Your life, your spiritual life, your health, your finance, your marriage, your education, your ministry, your calling, amen, that is right within you, God wants to call it out today. Amen. If you go to the next slide, your personal ambition is what you want. But God's mission is what God created you for. We all have personal ambition, and it's okay. We're not against ambition to be, want to become something. You want to be a doctor. You want to be an engineer. You want to be, you know, a housewife. You want to be a nurse. You want to be a whatever you want to be. That's great. We need to go for it and do our best. But there is a God mission for your life. And that's what God created you for. Finding it is very important. Because when you find it, life begins to make sense. There is a meaning for you to continue to live the life that God has called you to live. So, that is what we want to find out today. Now, there's something that is not... I want to read from Luke chapter 12, 15. Jesus Christ says here in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Then he said to them in the Amplified Version, Watch out and guard yourselves against every form of greed. Not everyone who has an overflowing abundance does his life consist of, nor is it derived from his possession. So what we are talking about here is not worldly possession. I'm not against worldly possession. I mean, I, I went to university. I, I went to the highest. I got a PhD in my field. I pursued it. It's okay. I'm not against that. But what matters is that our life does not consist of that. Our life does not consist of that. Our life consists of God's mission 
for our lives. Another translation is message. It says, speaking to the people, he went on, take care, he said. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. How many of you agree with me that it's not against having a lot? I mean, he recognizes we can have a lot. You can pack the best cars. You can have 10 cars if you want. You can build as many houses as you want. Amen? You can buy, you, your closet can be full of all the designer wares that you can think of. I mean, he said, that's okay. But your life is not controlled by that. Your pop, that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not controlled by that. He says, it doesn't consist of those things. But thank God we have those things. Amen. I mean, how many of you believe that the house of God should be where, you know, the prosperity, abundance, the people of God should live and be an example of a prospering people that are working hard and are making it in life and are living well and are taking care of themselves. But our life does not consist of that. You know, at times we can fall into such traps. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a migr- I mean, I, I migrated to this nation. You, I'm sure I don't need to tell you I'm not uh, originally born here. You know, I could hit the ground. Like, I had the opportunity to hit the ground with a PhD, with an offer of job that can give me as much as I want. You know, I had the opportunity to hit the ground. And I can run in that direction and eventually even fall into the trap of what we call the rat race. And I begin to acquire all those things. I believe if I'd gone that route, I wouldn't be doing what God has called me to do. This is what God has called me to do. I feel fulfilled doing this. We've been doing this now for more than 20 years. Amen? And I feel the joy of seeing lives transformed. I see the joy, I feel the joy of seeing churches planted. I feel the joy of people rising up to become the people that God has called them to be. I feel the joy of seeing people saved. I feel the joy of seeing our campuses filled with lives of people that are transformed. I feel the joy of seeing young people in our churches lifting up their hands to God, not in, not in uh, hooked with drugs or alcohol or immoral lifestyle, but serving God. There is a joy in that because this is my calling. Killing myself in the lab is not my calling. Thank God I did that. But this is my calling. When you find it, there is a passion that arises within you. Because you know that God is going to back you up with everything that you need to accomplish that. So my life does not consist in all I have. I don't even have a lot. I look, some of my church members can buy me 100 times. You know, they can, they can buy me over a hundred times what they have. But it's okay. You don't need to have a lot. You only need to be fulfilled in the calling and the mission that God has for you. And you don't run other people's ways. Our life is not derived by possession, but by living for his mission. 
Our life is not derived by possession, but by living for his mission. Quickly, why living for God's mission is the key to life? Why living for God's mission is the key to life? Number one, your God-given mission gives you, gives your life its meaning. Your God-given mission gives your life its meaning. You want to wake up in the morning? You want to rise up and do what God has called you to do? There's joy, there's hope in you. Every day, you are not like, oh, another day. Oh, well, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, I mean, there's something that gives you a leap to want to go. It's not that you're not going to meet challenges, but every time you meet the challenges, there's something that rises up within you. That God that's in you rises up to say, I can meet this challenge. So your God-given mission gives your life its meaning. In Acts 20, 24, it says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul says, I can do every other thing, but if I stop short of sharing the good news of God to people, my life is a waste. I can acquire all these things, I can have all these things, I can travel all these places on mission, but if I do not do that which I'm called to do, it says it's a waste. Number two, your God-given mission has eternal significance. Why you need to strive for your God-given mission is got eternal significance. It says we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming. That's the, that's the danger. There will, be, there will be time that you will not even have an opportunity to pursue your God-given mission. There will be a time. It, it, the time could be maybe when we're gone. It could be, you know, it can, a restriction can just come or whatsoever it is. I don't know. But the scripture says night is going to come. And when night comes, we can't do the things that we are able to do during the day. It says the night is coming and then no one can walk. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Your God-given mission has eternal significance. There are lives, there are homes, there are families, there are businesses, there are campuses, there are neighborhoods, there are people that are waiting for you. They are waiting for you. You matter. It's got eternal significance. It's not just being in church and, you know, being part of a church, as great as that is. When a man begins to walk in his God-given mission, begins to fulfill his God-given mission, it's got eternal consequence. That's why we cannot fold our arms. Amen. So, what are the things, if that's the case, what are the things that holds us back in this? The best, somebody said this. Let, let's, let me quote it for you. It says, the best use of life is to spend it for something 
that outlasts you. It outlasts life itself. That's the best use of life. You have many people till today, you hear their name, Smith Wigglesworth, um, uh, Kenneth Kragen, Kenneth this, just all these people that have touched lives. Maria, uh, Madame Teresa, all these people, they've gone. And, and they, after they've gone, they've gone. But what they left behind is still touching lives. I pray that at the end of it, we will be able to say what we are leaving behind is touching lives. So what, why is it that people feel this mission is not possible? I'm not talking about your church here, but I've been to churches. People feel, I just have to do the things that, you know, I'm a, doc, I'm a de- doctor, I'm a dentist, I'm an engineer. I'm a, I mean, they, I just do, look, I don't really want to bother about this thing. About, I just love to come to church, and I love the worship. I love the message. I love Pastor Joe. I love, I, I mean, I just love to be here. You know, this thing about mission, leave me out of it. This thing about fulfilling something, leave me out of it. Yeah, I've been to university, I did this degree, that degree, I'm working in the bank, and an IT guy, I think that's it. Well, that might be it, anyway, but do you feel you're fulfilling your vision? Do you feel you're fulfilling your mission? Do you feel the joy? Are you productive? Are you producing something? Are you impacting a life where you are? As a people called by God, our mission is to preach the gospel. Is that not so? We preach to go and make disciples of all nations, preaching the gospel. What are the things that makes it look to us as if this mission is impossible? What are the things? I'll give you two things. Number one is the feeling of inadequacy. We always, we are wired to think that we have to know all the Bible. We have to uh, hear, you know, a big voice or something has to happen in our lives to make us sufficient. We're always feeling insufficient in order for us to be able to do what God has called us to do. Go to the campus. Oh, I don't think I can preach to the students. I, I don't think I have what it takes to speak to them. Start a connect group. Oh, I don't think I can do a connect. I don't think I have what it takes. We just feel insufficient. That is, we are not able to do it. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. In Exodus chapter 3, when God appeared to Moses, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out? I'm insufficient. I'm I feel insufficient. I cannot do it. But did Moses bring the children of Israel out? Yes. But that was not his first take. His first take is that God, you can bypass me. You know? Go to the next person, not me. He felt insufficient. And the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? And he said, it's staff. Moses still feel that staff is nothing. That staff is inadequate. That staff is not significant enough. And in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, but Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, 
I'm not eloquent. Can you see the argument of Moses? All his argument, I am not sufficient. Who am I? I only hold a staff. I'm just a, you know, a poor old widow. I'm just a, a poor, I'm, I'm just 18 year old. What can I do? Hello? A 16 year old is trying to win the World Cup in tennis. I mean, you can do a lot. Don't look down on your youth. Don't think you are not adequate. I don't know the Bible. I only have a staff. And after God pressed him and pressed him, Moses said, God, okay, you are trying to get me. I'll get you back. I can speak. I'm a stammerer. I'm an African. My tonation is different from the Aussies. I'm a base. I can. Can't you see? Can't you use, you know, I mean, look at my good-looking friend here, my brother Dane. He's an Aussie. Let him do the job. Can't you use him? Why me? I'm, I'm just joking. I'm pulling his legs. You get what I'm saying? He felt inadequate. Do you feel that today? People in long relationship. You see a boy, a man, and a girl, they love themselves, they are passionate, and they've been dating and going out for five years, ten years. When are you going to marry? Oh, you know, we don't, I don't think we have enough. I don't think uh, we are there yet. Uh, well, if you don't, I don't think there will be a time you'll be there. You, you better start doing that right now. Even people with calling. I've seen people in the church. They say, Pastor, I feel the calling, but I don't think I'm there. I'm, I don't think I'm ready now. Okay. I pray you're ready. Moses felt inadequate. The beauty of this is that our feeling of inadequacy points to God's all-sufficiency. Your feeling of in, in fact, the, the, that's the best time to step into what God has called you. When you feel God is calling you and you feel inadequate, he's showing you that God says, I am sufficient for you. I'm all sufficient for you. I will back you. I will supply everything that is needed. Moses, when you go and speak, even Pharaoh will listen to your stammering. And will say, wow, this is the voice of God. Your feeling of inadequacy points to God's all sufficiency. Finally, number two, feeling of unworthiness. Feeling of unworthiness, shameful, unfit to serve. A lot of people in this generation feel very unworthy. I tell you, even when God called me, I felt unworthy. Because I've never been a great person. I've never been. Whether in my moral life, I mean, everything was a mess in my life. Everything was a mess. Everything. If you saw me on the street, you probably don't, would never believe that God would call this person on my university campus. Everything was a mess. So when I gave my life to Jesus and God called me into ministry, you know, even my friends mocked me. <laughs> they said, what are you going to preach? 
mean, I mean, what are you going to preach? I mean, look at you. Better wake up. You are sleeping. My, one of my members in church, when he first joined the church, he said, "Ah, oh, pastor." I said, "Yes." He said, "My my sister, uh, maybe my nephew, is it nephew or uh, nephew, knows you." Niece, sorry, my niece knows you. And my niece says, you used to lecture in their university. I said, yes, I knew, I knew something was coming. He said, oh, they said you were very, you know, out there man. That how can he now be preaching, sharing the gospel? A lot of young people, they feel ashamed. When God called them, at times it's a feeling of shame. They are not fit to do it. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, and then and they had the son of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I have the son of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. They were afraid. They were ashamed. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5, he says, Woe to me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your leaves, your guilt has been taken away, and your sin atoned for. I declare in this place, the Bible says, God says, I will remember your sin no more. When God has cleansed you, let no man call you unclean. When God has forgiven you, let no man call you a sinner. Whatsoever you have done in the past, as a child of God, God can call you to do what he has created you for. It doesn't matter how you've been in the past. Amen. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter how you, you have treated life in the past. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone should not qualify to bring the gospel of God to this nation, I stand in that place of not being qualified in my own strength. But it's not in my own strength. It's not in what people say. God himself qualifies me. And that's what happens. No shame for you as a child of God. Whatever God has called you to do, you can step in and do it. In Romans, you know, I have that conclusion. Romans chapter 8. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus because you belong to him. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
If God is for us, if God is for you, who can be against you? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for you, for us all, won't he also give us everything, everything that you need to fulfill the mission of God, everything that you need to fulfill the calling of God in your life? God says, I am able to give them to you. I want to pray for somebody here today. You feel that shame. Maybe you think you have disappointed God. It might not be any terrible thing you do. It might just be something you didn't do that you think you should do. And that shame still follows you. In a way, you can't get it out. You love God. You want to serve him. You want to do more for him. But you're just saying, Lord, I don't think I'm worthy. There's a sense of unworthiness. As we all bow our heads and pray, I just want to pray for you if you're here this morning. If that's you, you're constantly living in, I don't think I can. I don't think I'm able to. It's just the feeling of condemnation, the feeling of shame, the feeling of inadequacy. Something is not just clicking. You tried, but somehow, maybe somebody says something. All of a sudden, you just feel the whole spirit comes over you. Maybe, you know, you are somewhere and you just feel it. The enemy just bombards you. And that's why, you know, you can't even step forward to serve. You can't do what God has called you to do in this church and in this city and in this nation. It's just that feeling. It's heavy over you. I want to pray with you this morning. If you're that person, wherever you are, just slowly just lift up your hands to heaven. Say, that's me. You know, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. I want to pray for that person this morning. If that's why God changed this message, to let you know that you have a mission, to let you know you have a calling, to let you know that he's crafted you. Some of you might even be the shame on the unworldliness, might be even the way you look or the way you speak. All the, you know, it, it can be anything that makes us feel we can do what God has called us to do. If you're that person this, this morning, wherever you are, just put up your hands. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Just put it up there. All eyes closed. I want, I want it up. I, I've seen two hands already, but I want, just put it up there. Just put it up there. Don't put it down. Just put it up there. Just put it up there. You know, you are not putting up to me, you are putting up to man, I'm to God. You are not putting up to man, you are putting up to God. And God brought this message to let you know that you dare not look down on what God called claim. You dare not look down on the masterpiece that you are. You dare not look down on the salvation that you have. The blood of Christ that was shed on the cross for you. It's not a waste. God called you. He has formed you. He has created you for such a time like this. And I hear God saying to you, woman of God, man of God, will you rise up? Mighty man of God, mighty woman of God, will you rise up to become the person that God has called you to be? 
Will you let all the shackles of the enemy be broken away from your life? Will you rise up free and begin to be fruitful and begin to impact this city, begin to impact this land, begin to bring about great harvest for the kingdom in this church? Begin to do God is called you to. Because you are fearfully, you are wonderfully made. There's something special about you that nobody else can do. I come against every spirit of condemnation. The scripture says, For therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, not because of any other thing, but because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. When he paid it, he said, It is finished. So it is in your life. I pray you rise up even from this moment. You rise up, you walk tall. <laughs> you walk as a daughter and a son of God. You walk to fulfill your destiny and your purpose. And as a result of you, heaven will be rejoicing. As a result of you, heaven will be celebrating. Because you found your purpose. You found your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for this church. Let me pray for this church again. Lord, right now, I just pray for this church. I see mighty men and women rising up. I see people taking their position. I see people standing up from where they're sitting now and just serving, lifting up the hands of the men of God in this place. I see people going out there, breaking the barriers of, 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 of culture, you know, preaching to other people from other culture, reaching out to them, telling them about the love of Jesus, breaking every barrier of culture, of language. I see people rising up, I see people rising up to do what God has called them to do. To reach every nation in Canberra. To reach every campus in Canberra. To reach every neighborhood in Canberra. I see that happening right from this moment. Because you can do it, not in your strength, but in the strength of God. I see this church rising and bringing in many, many souls, different age groups, Different nationalities, different careers, different in, in any way that exists in this nation. And I see God transforming them and changing them. Whether they are of any other alternative lifestyle, God is bringing them, transforming them. Whether they are from a different culture, God is bringing them and transforming them. I see that happening in this church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And that mission is possible. Here I am, Lord, send me. Six years ago, the Lord said to my family, go and leave your country. God wanted us to go out of our comfort zone because he wants to grow our faith. And we all have a mission. Next week, we'll share to you our story on how God called us and how we heeded to that call and said, Yes, Lord, use us and send us. 
Have a great weekend, church. Thank you, Pastor Joshua and Pastor Yinka, for your generous time, blessing us with that powerful message. See you all next week. God bless you. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.